0: now turn with me to the book of Hosea Hosea chapter 4 you know this past week has been a difficult week a lot of issues going on in our world particularly You know, we looked at um, and we think about New York, Washington, uh, Portland, Seattle, all those places where all those horrible things are going on. Chicago murders, 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 murders. We hear that on the news and then, wow, boom, it strikes close to home. And I know this has been a difficult week. It's been a week that's uh, been um, uh, challenging to a lot of people. I've talked to several people this week, and um, two particularly yesterday, who were saying, you know, how they were fearful even just to go to work. Um, And I understand those fears are real. But what I want us to think about today is as we look at this nation of Israel. And we look and see how the nation is fallen into idolatry and I want to say something to you today as much as I love this country and i die for it right now this country in many of its great institutions and in the areas in which those people are supposed to be protecting us this country has fallen into idolatry and many of the judgments that we see that we're going to look at today that that God is going to pronounce through the prophet Hosea I believe he could pronounce upon us today we have our nation has turned from God as a whole the great institutions all the way from the White House to the local courthouse to your house and to my house and the church house have turned away from the things of God, and we have seen, we've seen the the country slowly but surely degrading. Where the whole idea of what life is all about, we just won a great victory, in, in for those of us who believe that. Uh, little babies should be protected in the mother's womb we just won a great victory with the supreme court that in 1973 when that was done it was not constitutional and they proved that it took us 50 years to do it but it proved that we finally got some folks who believed in what the constitution was about but now we have a congress and an administration who says they're going to codify in our law through legislation that a child could be ripped from their mother's womb at any time all the way up to birth and I want to tell you if that's not idolatry I don't know what is If killing innocent babies, if we go back to the sins of Molech and the Canaanites and the children of Israel where they would take their firstborn children and throw it into the heated and hot belly of Molech and sacrifice their children. We have been sacrificing our children in this nation for 50 years to pleasure and to our own selfishness and our nation is bearing some of those things we have so we have criminalized the godly hard-working American people and we are setting free from our institutions that are supposed to Hold those away from society because they no longer need to be in society those murders that took place this past week in in Memphis they were should never have happened now you say well brother Ken what, were you gonna preach about Memphis this week or try to get political no what I'm trying to say to you is If we don't learn from history, we are bound to repeat it. And we are in the midst right now as a nation, as a whole, and if we don't turn back to God and get on our face and the people of God humble themselves before God and turn from their wicked ways, we can't expect God to do anything else but to withdraw his protective hand from us what's this message about today the message today is beginning in chapter four the first three chapters of Hosea dealt with using Hosea and Gomer his wife and their three children Jezreel Lo Rahama and Lo Ami using them as an example to the nation of Israel of the idolatrous adulterous relationship that they had with God and that from those types of relationships God is saying through Hosea this is what's going to happen you will be a destroyed nation you will be taken into captivity chapter 4 through the remainder of the book through 14 this these next 11 chapters really is one sermon Of indictment against the nation and today in chapter 4 I want us to look and see exactly what it says I want to read for you just verses 1 through 3 and then we're going to walk through it as best as we can and as quickly as we can look at the first word here God is saying pay attention listen to me I'm going to tell you something here that if you don't turn and if you don't come out of your idolatry and your adulterous ways and going after all the Canaanite gods and all the other gods and unless you return in repentance to me this is what's going to happen. Here he says, "The word of the Lord There's a famine in the land folks today. Not of bread and water but a famine of the word of God hear the word of the Lord you children of Israel for the Lord brings a charge against the inhabitants of the land there is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land by swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery they break all restraint with the bloodshed after bloodshed therefore the land will mourn And everyone who dwells there will waste away with the beast of the field and the birds of the air and even the fish in the sea will be taken away. Hear the word of the Lord to the nation of Israel. And I believe this warning is to us today as well. This nation had become morally corrupt. It had become politically decaying and it had become spiritually bankrupt as a nation. Notice first of all, hear the word of the Lord, the children of Israel, the Lord brings a charge. The first thing I want you to see is the indictment of the people. God brings an indictment on the nation of Israel. What is the complaint in the indictment? Verse one says, God has a charge against you. And then we see from this passage as well, we see the complaint of the indictment then we see the complaint explained notice there we see the sins of omission and then we see the sins of commission what's the difference what's the difference between the sin of omission and the sin of commission you could you could say it this way negative sins and positive sins what is a sin what does it say about these this complaint explain what is the charge against the nation of israel it's found in verse 1 the latter part of verse there is no truth or mercy or knowledge of god in the land no truth no mercy no knowledge now these were these were things that were being omitted from their everyday lives which when they were in right relationship with god when israel was was in a right relationship with God and worshiping God and serving God. These things were just a natural part of their society, but now they are being omitted. But then we see the sins of commission. These are sins that they are committing without even any, without any forethought or any idea of what it's going to cost them. Notice what it says in verse 2 by swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery they break all restraint with bloodshed upon bloodshed what did they do they swore they cursed they lied they murdered they stole and they committed adultery those were sins of commission those were things that the country had turned to so what was sin's conclusion what would come from that we see we see the the complaint we see the complaint explained we've seen the two types of sins they were committing but what was the conclusion what's going to happen because of this verse 3 it says therefore the land will mourn and everyone who dwells there will waste away with the beast of the field and the birds of the air even the fish of the sea will be taken away the people of the land and the animals of the land and even the fish in the sea will wither away and they will mourn the loss of this great nation when did did this partially When was it fulfilled? This prediction and this charge, this indictment against the nation was fulfilled in 722 B.C. But the major fulfillment of it came in A.D. 70. What happened in 722 B.C.? Assyria comes and takes the ten northern tribes captive, scatters the Jewish nation all over the earth, never to return as a nation as they were before but in May of 1946 God began to bring them back and we'll get to that in one of the later sermons about God's promises never fail but in 722 BC they're taken captive and then we see in 70 AD Titus. The Roman general comes and destroys the temple, not leaving one stone unturned, destroys it. In 722 B.C., not only did the Assyrians come and take the ten northern tribes captive, but they set the scene for the Judah to be taken captive in just a short time as well. So the whole nation would be scattered abroad. Folks, I want to tell you something. God is serious about idolatry. God is serious about this issue of who is God and who is not, and how we as His people should be worshiping and loving Him and serving Him. But in 70 AD, the whole land of Palestine became desolate. In fact, one of the things that they would do, the conquerors would do then, is they would take salt. And poured in all over the land to destroy the land where it would even bear crops that's the indictment look secondly at the condemnation that comes now the impeachment of the priest you know as goes the spiritual leaders or as the spiritual leaders go so goes the people And here, Hosea turns to the priests. These were those who were supposed to be keeping the nation of Israel true to their God. But notice some of the things. He he lists six charges against these priests and those who were to be leading the nation spiritually. The first charge and its punishment, verses 4 and 5 now let no man contend or rebuke another for your people are like those who contend with the priest therefore you shall stumble in the day the prophet also shall stumble with you in the night and I will destroy your mother now what does this passage these two verses mean the priest had complained and God is going to cause them to stumble in fact probably a, a a better way to understand the translation of this verse is would would be this listen to this let no man no priest bring complaint or reprove for my complaint is against you o priest the priests were complaining about the things that were going on they were complaining that they were not getting all the the attention and things that they wanted and and that they were the people were were not doing what they were asking them to do. And God says, listen, back up, bud. You can complain all you want to, and the people can complain against you, but my complaint, God says, is against you, priest, because you have not done what you should have done. Probably the priest of Israel had complained against and had reproved um, Hosea, Hosea was preaching, as Jeremiah did, trying to get people to turn to God and to repent, and the priests were saying, don't listen to Hosea, listen to us, don't listen to him. And so they were complaining about the the prophet, the preacher, proclaiming God's truth, because he was making a prophecy of doom, and they didn't like it. But they were not to make complaint against God and his word. And that's exactly what they were doing when they were complaining against the against Hosea, the prophet of God. They were literally complaining against God. And God says, that's one indictment that I have against you. That's one uh, impeachment charge I have against you. You know, we've heard a lot about impeachment over the past few years. Well, here's a real impeachment. Impeachment. Those others that we heard about were just hoaxes and phonies. Listen to this. The second charge and its punishment is found in verse 6. What does verse 6 tell us? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priest for me. The priest had rejected knowledge, and God will reject them. That's the punishment. The priest of the northern kingdom had rejected the knowledge of God. In other words, they were not preaching God's word anymore. And they had taught the people to be idolaters and turning from God. And the people were being destroyed because of it. And what God is saying here is, I will reject them as my priest, and I will reject you as my people. Then we see the third charge and its punishment found in verse 6 as well because you have forgotten the law of God I also will forget your children what had the priest done they had forgotten the law of God and God says I will forget you and your children now think about that for a minute the priest had stopped preaching the word of God look around our nation today and I'd listen to a lot of the preaching that's going on and I never hear the gospel proclaimed I hear all kinds of funny little stories which is okay everybody needs a little humor every once in a while But I hear a lot about living your best life, self actualization, self esteem, and in themselves, those things are okay. But listen, that is not the Word of God. The Word of God says, repent and come to Christ, for we are all sinners. And we can only be saved by the grace and mercy of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You are not good. There's none good, no, not one. the Bible says that the wages of sin is what? Death. That's a warning that needs to be going out. That has never changed. That's why Jesus came and gave his life. Our greatest need was not education. If it was, he would have sent us a Ph.D. Our greatest need was not government, or he would have have stayed here as king himself. our greatest need was not social programs or he would have given us a Mother Teresa who would never have died. Our greatest need is that we are sinners and our sin has separated us from God, but God in all of his love and his grace and his mercy laid upon him the iniquity of us all and Christ took your pain and my pain and our death and our hell and he bore it for us. And that's the message. But for many today, that's not a popular message. But thousands of people are coming in auditoriums and stadiums to hear, I'm okay and you're okay. This is your best life yet. Name it and claim it. Visualize yourself. Visualize yourself as as having all the things that you need, and you can have it. That's the kind of garbage that's being preached in many places. The condemnation. Then we see the fourth charge and it's punishment in verse seven. They, the more they increase, the more they sinned against me. I will change their glory into shame. The priest had increased in sin as they increased in wealth. You know what the priests were doing? The priests were making a killing off of the people. You said, What do you mean? They were charging them a sin tax. So the more the people sinned, the more money the priest got. Hey, Pastor Matthew, what do you think? <laughs> Could we retire in about a week? You know, you come back, and you know, come up a few years, uh, uh, you know, from that, and you had the Roman Catholic Church during the time where they sold indulgences. It was kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card. That's how the Vatican was built off of the sin of the people. The sin, people, they could buy an indulgence, say say for instance and I know none of you in here would do this but say for instance there would be someone in the community not anyone in here who would want to go down to Tunica and have a blast over the weekend drink and carry on and gamble and and all that stuff and you, and you knew you were going to do that you had it all planned I know you're only going down there for the suppers you know they're cheap I, 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 I know I understand but say, for instance, you wanted to go down there for supper, for a cheap steak. And you said, well, I know I'm going to do it. I'm going to go see Pastor Matthew and get him to write me an indulgence. So they come to Pastor Matthew and Pastor Matthew said, well, this is something we need to talk to Brother Ken about. So let's, let's get Brother Ken in here, too, because he needs his cut. So we uh, we get together and Matthew and I'd look at each other and say hmm wonder how much we get out of this you know and we say okay since you're gonna do that and you know you're gonna do it uh, we're gonna give you an indulgence that is we're gonna give you permission but that permission is gonna cost you how about uh, a couple of hundred bucks and you go and then once you come back you can just you just come to church next Sunday and just cash this indulgence in. That's the kind of garbage that that was kind of going on here. Not exactly the same, but similar. The priests were getting wealthy over the sin of the people. So what did the priest want the people to do? Keep on sinning. And then we see the fifth charge and its punishment they eat up the sin of my people they set their heart on iniquity and it shall be like it shall be like people like priest the priest had rejoiced and the people sinned why they were getting wealthy god will cause the priest to suffer the same punishment as the people do you see The priest didn't know because it hadn't been written yet but it was also implied and true as James says there be not many masters for they shall receive a greater condemnation and that's one of the emphasis there in James chapter 2 and chapter 3 about the tongue I want to tell you something folks when I come and stand before you I stand here many many a time as I walk up here in fear and trembling saying, Lord, please, Holy Spirit of God, please control my speech. Because if I lead these people astray in any way, I will be judged according to that. And then we see this sixth sin and its punishment in verses um, The latter part of verse nine and verse 10. So I will punish them for their ways and reward them for their deeds. They shall eat, but not have enough. They shall commit harlotry, but not increase because they have ceased obeying the Lord. The priest had left off taking heed to the Lord and God will judge them for their ways and reward them for their doings. because the priest had ceased heeding God's commands concerning godliness and righteousness and had turned to ungodliness idolatry and unrighteousness immorality God will not only punish them by giving them the reward that's due them for their sin he will cause their sensual indulgences to give them no pleasure in other words they'll never be satisfied they'll eat and won't and won't be satisfied they'll commit adultery and won't be satisfied God punishes sin by taking pleasure and satisfaction many times out of and that's the judgment that's here but then we see not only the indictment and the impeachment but third, we see the incrimination of the idolaters. They had incriminated themselves. Notice the downward steps into idolatry. The first is the spirit of idol of, of harlotry. It's found in verse 12. The Israelites had done this, had taken upon themselves the spirit of harlotry. What does verse, verse 12 say? for us it says my people ask counsel from their wooden idols and their staff informs them for the spirit of harlotry has caused them to stray can you imagine having an idol that you would go to like this music stand and bow before this music stand and say music stand please tell me what to do Is that not stupidity I had some other things I was gonna say there but I'm running out of time and I got to stay focused here but isn't that what people do today instead of looking to God and his word his written word and his living word and looking to the church the churches that are still proclaiming the truth they turn as Timothy says that they they turn and look for teachers having itching ears they're looking for somebody that will tell them what they want to hear oh it's okay if if you're a girl and you and you think you want to be a boy yeah go ahead it's okay in this world that you know who 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 can determine what you want to be and what you are and what you will be? It's all based on how you feel. No, it is not. But yet, our government is sanctioning that idolatrous and adulterous and hideous type of thing. My heart breaks for those who have no idea who they are as an individual. But you're not going to find it in some hospital somewhere mutilating your body. You will only find who you are when you come to the one who created you. And you surrender your life to him. And you get into his word and you find out what God has done for you, what he wants to do in you, and what he will do through you, and that you are a child of God if you have trusted Christ. And you don't have any problem problem identifying who you are as an individual. We are living in a world in which because of all the things that have been going on over the past two or three years with the pandemic and all the stuff and and the idiotic lockdowns and all the things that are going on, we have have an increase, listen to this, there's an increase of 45% of suicides between the ages of 14 and 26. They have been isolated because some union group of people didn't want to do their jobs, and and some government officials, governors and things of these of these uh, uh, states and and representatives and senators of these states who would not stand up and say, "Fauci, you're a liar," and they shut down the other doctors that were standing up and saying we don't have to do all this crazy stuff but yet who did they listen to I thank God for those folks and listen you know why what you know why I know it was phony because the very ones before there were any vaccinations, before there were any other types of medical treatments, before that was happening, when that pandemic first hit our country, we had medical workers that were giving their lives in the medical field and taking care of people. And those same ones, many of them, who did not want to take the vaccine that was coming around, the government fires them. That's why it was phony. They made it through and went through the horrible time of serving people and treating people and being there for people, and they weren't vaccinated. But when it came to—and our firefighters the same way. Our government is trying to destroy— The fact that we are independent free thinkers in this country and if you don't want to take a jab in your arm you shouldn't have to now of course you know and understand you have to bear the results of your own decision and I'm not here today to weigh the fact of whether the vaccine is good or not I am I don't know I took them so I'm not an anti-vax person, but what I am is an anti-government person that says the government will mandate to you that you must do those things. When I, and my good conscience to God, if I said, Lord, I don't believe you want me to do this in my relationship to God, should I obey God or should I obey the government? downward steps into idolatry the spirit of harlotry running after other things running after other gods running after all the things that the world is throwing at us the service and worship of idols in verses 12 and 13 the sinful sinful practices of worship of idols and then we see the degradation of idolatry families are destroyed in verses 13 and 14 faith is destroyed in verses 11 and 14 then the destructive effects of idolatry they lost an understanding of morality today people in our world have no clue of morality now none of us have ever lived up to the standard of morality that god has but at least there was a consciousness of it but nowadays, it is amazing to me that there is absolutely no conscious of morality and knowing what is right and what is wrong. And then we see the incorrigible people of Judah in verses 15 and 19, and what God says here to Judah. You know, Hosea was mainly a prophet to the nation of Israel, the ten northern tribes, but he prophesies as well as to Judah, and he says to Judah, the southern kingdom pay attention don't do what your brothers and sisters are doing in the north he talks about the destructive condition of Israel in verse 15 he talks about how that Israel was immoral though you Israel play the harlot let not Judah do the same verse 16 Israel was irreverent Israel is stubborn like a stubborn calf now the Lord will let them forage like a lamb in open country how many of you have ever tried to get a cow or a, 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 even a calf back in somewhere he'd gotten out of the fence or gotten out of the area that he was supposed to be in or you want to put him in a, one of these uh, uh, pens where you capture them and you give them medicine or not if you get a hold to one that doesn't want to go and that's exactly what god says here that the people of israel had become like this calf that was being destructive and refusing to obey israel was idolatrous in verse 17 And he uses the name here Ephraim and the reason for that it is what was the most populated and was the largest physical area tribe in the northern kingdom was one of Joseph's sons you know Joseph did not because he was the the special chosen one through which the line of Christ would come and he was the one who received the firstborn blessing because Reuben lost that Reuben the oldest son lost his um, birthright and his uh, firstborn because he took one of his father's wives and so Joseph was given the double portion of the firstborn and who were Joseph's two sons Ephraim and Manasseh and that's where Ephraim is one of Joseph's sons and it's the largest and so here in this chapter Hosea is referring to the nation, the northern kingdom as Ephraim, because it was the largest and most populated and most influential. Ephraim is turned to idols. Then verse 18, Israel was intoxicated. Their drink is rebellion. They commit harlotry continually. Her rulers dearly love dishonor. And then in verse 19, we see Israel was ignorant the wind has wrapped her up in its wings and they shall be ashamed because of their sacrifices they were just they had no clue what they were doing because they it's like Romans chapter 1 where God says about those who are turning from the true worship of God to idols that they were worshiping the creature more than the creator and it says that that god has turned them over to a reprobate mind so that they would fulfill their own sensual and sexual desires and that's exactly what israel was doing they were they had their their conscience was seared And then we see the divine warning that's given to Judah. Stay away from Israel's worship. It says, though, in verse 15, Though you, Israel, play the harlot, let not Judah offend. Do not come up to Gilgal, nor go up to Bethaven, nor swear an oath saying as the Lord lives. You see, there was a rival place of worship called Bethel, but he didn't use Bethel here. Bethel means the house of God. He uses the term Beth which is an area right around Bethel, and he uses that because Beth Haven literally means the house of destruction. He's saying to Judah, if you go and worship and do the things Israel's doing, you're going to be destroyed just like Israel's going to be destroyed. That happened to the nation of Israel, the ten northern tribes in 722. Judah did not heed the warning. And he tells them in verse 17 to stay away from Israel's ways. Ephraim is joined to idols, so let them alone and don't you do it. But in 605 BC, Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon defeated the Assyrian kingdom. And when he defeated the Assyrian kingdom, he then comes in 605 BC and comes into Judah and he takes, the scripture tells us, this is where Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are taken into Babylon. And then in 597 BC, Nebuchadnezzar comes again and he destroys the city and he brings in he leaves nothing but the weak the sick and the old and then ultimately in 585 bc the third deportation he comes and literally wipes the place clean you see it only happened once to the 10 northern tribes but because judah was warned and judah saw the example and judah saw what happened to the to the 10 northern tribes and the good judgment of God came and they literally experienced it and saw it it was triple on them they would not heed God's warning and today as a nation as individuals As people who love the word and love Jesus Christ, we need to heed the warning and we need to take a stand in this godless land. And we need to be able to do whatever it takes. Stop allowing the idolatrous things that are going on and the institutions that we love and that we in years have been able to trust that we can't trust anymore. We need to call them to accountability. And the greatest way to do that that we have here in, in these great United States of America is by the ballot box. But I'm afraid that there's coming a day where if we don't heed the warning and if we don't change our ways. As second Chronicles chapter seven, verse 14, if my people who are, I know that's talking to the nation of Israel, but the application is true for us today. You see, it's more than just interpretation. I can interpret it. I can exegete it. I can tell you exactly what it it says and what it means from the Hebrew. And I can tell you who it was written to and so on. But the application is many. The application is the same today. If God will bring judgment upon his people in the Old Testament, he will certainly do it in the New. And church, we need to be a church that is a prepared bride because Jesus is on his way I don't know when he will come I don't know what time he will come I don't know what day he will come and if anybody ever tells you that they know that you just walk away from them because they don't but I can tell you that today could be the day before we leave this place today it could happen here today Jesus could come and take his church out of here And when he does, the judgment of God is going to come. Church, we've got a great opportunity. And we've got example after example. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven forgive their sin isn't that wonderful think about that I believe that applies to the people of God today just as well And heal our land our land needs healing one of the reporters in Memphis this past week said something to that very nature she broke down while she was reporting what was going on now I can't judge her heart I don't know I don't I don't know that person would know her if I saw her again walked in this building but I know this that we should be broken over what we see and seeing our institutions that we trusted to protect us and take care of us being destroyed for lack of knowledge and walking away from the things of God You see, there's one and only really one thing that God designed civil government for in Romans chapter 13, and that is to protect society from evil. That the state would bear the sword. In our world today, There's more compassion for those who are murdering and raping and killing than there is for those who have been murdered and raped and killed. You say, well, what's that got to do with spiritual things? It all has to do with spiritual things. God's Word you see I believe with all my heart that God's Word teaches that there is a just reason for a just war when evil needs to be defeated I also believe that the Bible teaches that there is a just reason for capital punishment And those two murderers that committed those acts in Memphis this week if the government had followed the Word of God they would not even have been on the street so yeah it's all spiritual you can't separate the two in fact this whole country was founded on the freedoms that are listed right here in this book. We, the people of the United States of America, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, provide for the common defense and promote the general welfare, and secure life and liberty do establish and ordain this Constitution of the United States of America those words are falling shallow today in our institutions the churches are not standing up for God's Word our education federal education systems are more concerned about more concerned about whether they indoctrinate our children instead of educate them with their sexual immorality do you know we would put people in prison for what some of the school systems are doing today to kids with kids in preschool being taught how to be a transgender. And CRT, do you know that if you have a light colored skin that you're an evil person just because of the color of your skin? That's what we have transformed into. You see, the Bible tells us that it doesn't matter what color your skin is. You are a sinner and you need to be saved by grace. And I've got to quit. Sorry for being long, but I will tell you, folks, we need to come back. As Hosea is saying, come back. Come back. I've wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. The paths of sin too long I've trod. Now I'm coming home. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for our time together. Thank you for the book of Hosea and the application of how it affects our world today. And Lord, I know that um, the challenge that you bring, the indictment that you've brought, the impeachment that you brought, um, the incorrigible um, country of Judah, all of those that we could fit in every one of them. Our nation is sick or it is sin sick. And we have turned to worship the creation instead of the creator. There's more people concerned today about how much carbon they're putting out instead of how much sin that they're living in. And Lord, we know that you created this earth and one day you're going to destroy it. And I don't care how much carbon there is that goes out. It is not in the hands of the carbon. It is in the hands of an almighty God. And I am not going to be one of those who worship at the idolatrous and adulterous altar of climate warming and change and worship the creation more than the creator. You created this planet. You're going to take care of it. We love you today, Lord, and we thank you. And I pray that our eyes will be turned upon you and nothing else and nothing more. And we praise you in Christ's name, amen.